All right, everyone. Welcome to Intellect Sports. I'm Tyson, the host. Um, since this is my first episode, I'll give you a rundown of uh, why I wanted to start this. So first of all, um, I already have a podcast with two of my good friends. Um, doesn't work out as often as I would like it, so I decided to start my own thing, you know, and uh, talk about stuff that happens every day where me and my friends can't really get together. So that's what I'm looking forward to, sharing my thoughts and my my sports analogy. Um, intellect sports, where I got the name from. Intellect is like, uh, you know, your knowledge and stuff. So I decided to rearrange the name. Intellect, my name is Tyson LeClaire, so I use the T-Y with the L-E-C. And that's where I came up with the name. Uh, on this podcast, I'll talk about the NFL draft, the free agency in the NFL. I'll try and get weekly if I'm still working out. Weekly game recaps. Uh, I'll speak about NBA, you know, the race to the playoffs. Um, a bit of hockey, although for me, hockey is not my favorite. I still will talk about it, you know, give my insight. And, uh, yeah, that's overall what the channel is. Possibly down the line if uh, the Olympics happen, well, when the Olympics happen, talk about it a little bit. Nothing crazy. But, yeah, enough of that. And uh, I guess we'll, I will get on to today's first episode, which some people know the NFL Combine just recently happened, started Thursday, ended yesterday night, and uh, I guess I'll just break it down, what I thought, how this impacts the draft and everything. Uh, Start with day one, I guess, you know, day one was a bit of a, start off a bit slow with the tight ends, Uh, overall, I I don't feel this is a deep class. Of tight ends. Not saying there cannot be some day one starter tight ends, but it's not a it's not a deep class where I think we'll find perennial Pro Bowlers out of this tight end class. Uh, Cole Komet, he had a good day. Thirty seven inch vertical, so that was solid. Um, Albert. Akwe Bunam, sorry if I butchered that. He uh big big man, 6'5, 250, ran a 449. So his combine could have helped him out there. Um unfortunately we didn't get to see Randy Moss's son, Thaddeus Moss, from uh national champion LSU Tigers, as he's having a surgery for his foot fracture. Where I could see him going, due to his injury, he's definitely going to slide. Hopefully not too far. i I say maybe the fourth, fourth round range. Because, you know, with, the, with a family history like that, sometimes some teams might look at it as a, too much of a, an opportunity to pass up. Too much of a high ceiling, although his production wasn't excellent at LSU. 
with that Moss name attached to him, you know he's got the work ethic and the the drive to be successful in the league. Uh, yeah, so that's that's what I think about Thaddeus Moss. I like to see him end up on one of the teams his father played for. That'd be sick. Like maybe the Vikings draft him, pair him up with Irv Smith from a couple years ago and Rudolph. Maybe Oakland, but he didn't play Oakland for that long, Randy Moss. Patriots definitely can use a tight end, so that'd be interesting. And if he wore 84 on top of it, it'd be good. Uh, yeah. Uh, another tight end had a solid day, Harrison Bryant. Nothing, nothing too Nothing too crazy, but overall a solid day. Like I mentioned, the tight end class it's uh, it's solid, but it's not as it's not the deep, one of the deepest positions in the draft. So, with that being said, I will uh, I'll move on to one of the deepest positions in the draft, which is wide receiver. Boy, this class is very deep, very very deep wide receivers. Where do I start? Uh, if we look at the top two, obviously Jerry Judy and uh, C.D. Lamb. Personally, I like Judy slightly a bit better. I feel that he, uh, I feel that he runs better routes. Slightly, you know, it's like comparing apples and oranges, but I like Judy better. Just based off the. Um, the competition level. I know um, Lamb played against some great competition as well. I just feel that every time I was turning on Alabama, he was the only one I was seeing. Jerry Judy. And uh, C.D. Lamb, excellent, excellent player too. Great, great hands. Both of them have great hands. But if I had to pick one for my team, I'm more of a Judy fan. That's besides the point. Which one do I think will go first? It's tough because you look at both, and they both have everything you need in a in a big-time receiver that you're going to draft, potentially top 10, top 15. Um, Judy ran his 40 a bit faster. Uh, if we're talking combine... They look. They both looked very, very fluid, very good. Um, and but yeah, like I said, both have the makeup to be great day one starting receivers in the league. Uh, then we get to Henry Ruggs. Although like he's super fast and this guy he's like blazing speed. Like I mentioned, I saw it when I would watch Alabama. I would I would see Judy just making plays all over the field, everywhere. I didn't notice Rugs as much, but that's not saying that he can't uh, he can't elevate to the next level. Um, unfortunately, we had Lavisca Chenault from Colorado. He ran his forty with a uh, with an injury, that explains somewhat of why his forty was slower than expected uh he ran he didn't do no on-field workouts because he's having core muscle surgery so hopefully that'll get cleaned up and uh 
he should still be a first-round wide receiver, I believe, if he gets everything cleaned up with his health. We didn't see T. Higgins also, Clemson wide receiver, who to me, um, he could be a first-rounder. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes in the second round. And that's simply because the the depth in this class is just outrageous. You know, like like I mentioned the first three already, Judy, Lamb, and Ruggs, they all can go in the top 20 to 23 picks. Then we look at, haven't even mentioned him yet, Justin Jefferson, who ran a blazing 4-4. Uh, we look at Jalen Rieger, maybe he sneaks in. I don't think Jalen Reeker would, but you never know. Um, and then Denzel Mims. I think he's more of a second second rounder, mid-second rounder, but he had a great combine as well. So uh, T. Higgins, he could be a first rounder. I don't think he will be. I think Justin Jefferson will be. I don't think he'll be a 20, like a top 20 pick. I think he'll be more of a late 20 the end of the first round pick and that's not a knock on him that's just the demand of, like I said the demand of the position and of course being a national champion will uh, definitely help your stock a bit just ask uh, Mr. Joe uh, then we got the Canadian boy Chase Claypool now where does he go in the draft some say second round some say third I think, based off his combine, if we're just going off combine alone, he could easily be a first-round pick. But I I don't think that would happen. Some teams want him to transition to a tight end. But, I mean, when you're running 4-4-2 at 6'4", or 6'5", I mean, it's a good argument for yourself as to why you think you should be a wide receiver. Um, overall, yeah, he's a, he's a beast, man. And I'm glad to see some Canadian, uh, some Canadian talent getting looked on. Cause, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm from Canada as well. Um, yeah, overall this, this wide receiver class is extremely deep. As I mentioned earlier, like if you want uh, tall, fast guys, you got them. If you want your small slot guys, you got them. If you want a mix of both slot and outside, you got them. If you want uh, a big possession receiver in the later rounds, you got them. If you want some some like guys you can run some sweeps with, some jets, uh, some some motions, some wildcat quarterback and Chanel, you got them all. So it's like take your pick with this wide receiver class. I'm very excited to see where they go. I'm excited to see who goes where and how good those fits are. That should be interesting. Uh, we'll move on to the quarterbacks now. The quarterbacks. Uh, so we didn't see Joe Burrow. He just decides oh, he's going to throw at his pro day. And obviously, we didn't see Tua Tagovailoa because he was injured, which is fine. I mean, for both of them, we don't really need to see much at a combine. Maybe how fast they are, but that's about it. Uh, we both know they're these guys are the elite of the elite quarterbacks. Uh, I'm not going to speak too much on them because a lot of, everyone knows about them already. 
hopefully Tua can get his medical everything cleared because uh, regardless, I think he'll be a top five pick. Uh, Joe Burrow seems to be a lock for the first first overall, so that could uh, that that's that's pretty much set in stone unless a trade happens or something. Uh, so I'll talk about the quarterbacks that did actually perform at the combine since this is what this episode is about. Uh, Jalen Hurts and Herbert had a uh, had good, very good, um, very good workouts. Uh, Hertz was the fastest among the QBs with a four six four. Herbert not far behind him with a four six nine. Um, I'll get to Jordan Love in a second, but uh, in terms of Hertz, I think his stock rose with this weekend. Some people were viewing him, you know. Oh, should he play a wide receiver or should he be a running back? Similar to the stuff that uh, happened with Lamar Jackson. And he stuck stuck to his gun and he said, no, I'm a quarterback. And uh, I'll show you guys that I'm a quarterback. And uh, I think he did. He did well. He made all the throws from what I've seen. Um, some people, you know, he's not, he's not, he's not a fit for everybody, obviously. But. A team can definitely use that athletic quarterback like that, because that's where the league is going now. So it's important to get to get on board with someone that can move around and extend plays with his legs. And running a four six at a quarterback is solid. So I think his stock out of all the QBs, I think he rose his stock the most. Um, Justin Herbert, he had a good day. Uh, personally, I'm not a Huge fan of Justin Herbert. But I think, again, with the quarterback being such a needy position in this league, that um, he'll probably he'll probably get picked in the top seven. Like, I could see a team, depending on what happens with free agency, like, I could see a team like the Chargers just taking him. You know, the Panthers said they're... they're rolling with Cam this year, but maybe you take Herbert, you keep him behind Cam for a year, and that's your quarterback of the future. I don't know what Carolina's plans are fully. Um, you look at a team like Washington. They've done their due diligence. They have the second overall pick, obviously, but you never know with them. Are they happy with Haskins? I don't know. Um, but in terms of the combine, Herbert had a good day. He made some good throws. Nothing, nothing wild. He had a good like physical workout, like uh, like the vert and all that stuff. He had a good day overall. Uh, let's get to Jordan Love. This guy is so interesting to me because a lot of people are comparing him. I'm not saying you can compare him to Patrick Mahomes, but based off what they're seeing and how he could extend the plays and his strong arm a lot of people are comparing him to Mahomes I don't think he uh he'll translate to Patrick Mahomes but this is a type of situation where you you take a chance on a guy and maybe do the same same recipe you keep him behind your starter for a year let him redshirt the whole year and then uh you get rid of your starter the following season and Jordan Love becomes your guy because this guy, this guy was on point during the combine. This guy was throwing lasers. 
and uh, I think I think he I think he has a good future in the league for sure. Uh, I think he I don't think it'd be top ten, but again, you never know with the QB needy. Uh, he could go to my Bucks. I'm a Bucks fan, if you didn't know. Uh, I don't know how that would work out. He has a huge arm. He could definitely go there. He can go to the Colts. He can go to Chargers. He can go to the Dolphins. There's so many teams that need quarterbacks or are looking for quarterbacks of the future that unless you're Joe Burrow or in the Bengals, it's it's not uh, – you don't know where you're really going to end up. So it's it's wide open for him. Um, then you got Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant had a solid day. He, uh, the former Clemson starter, yeah, he had a he had a solid, solid day. He didn't, he did nothing to hurt himself, in terms of his stock. He did what he's supposed to do: make the throws. Somewhat athletic. I think he'll be a. I think somebody will take a flyer on him in the third round, maybe. Because there's just people you can't, you can just take chances on them, and it'll you never know what'll come through. Like if you look at Dak Prescott, you know he was picked in third or fourth round, I think, and look now he's about to make forty million, thirty-five million. Never know. Someone who I think had a had a tough day was Jake Fromm from Georgia. I think uh, overall he just. His arm strength was weak. He uh, he didn't he didn't wow anybody honestly. So is he a first rounder? I don't think so. Could he be a second rounder potentially? But like I said, with Jalen Hurts, I think Jalen Hurts has a higher ceiling than Jake Fromm. But um, for Jake Fromm, it's just not every team will fit him. I think more of a like a West West Coast team that doesn't really throw the ball down the field a lot. I think that'll fit his skill set much more than like a a team that will air it out like a Tampa Bay or like a like a Dallas or like a Kansas City type of team where they just want to throw, throw, throw. That's not his strength. So obviously when you're drafting a quarterback, you want to take a quarterback that'll fit your, your team needs. To me, that's the way to always draft is by needs. Not, uh, well, actually, you know, you know, I take that back. You got it. It has to be a kind of a mix of both. Sometimes the best player available also fills a need, which then it's perfect. But yeah, some GMs, they look at it differently. Some, most of them, they want to draft, Based with best player available, some want to draft with needs. I think if you get the good combination of both, then you're pretty much set of building your foundation of the football team. Like if you look at the 49ers, I don't think a few years ago they would say, yeah, we need another defensive lineman, another defensive lineman, but they went by best player available in their opinions. And uh, they built a dominant, dominant defensive line. And Nick Bosa felt it. Well, not felt it, but Nick Bosa was sitting there when they could have taken. Uh, they could have taken anyone else, but 
they decided to roll with the, the defensive player. And look now, so it all depends. Um, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. I think that's it for the QBs. Oh, and then there was Jacob Eason. I didn't, honestly, I didn't pay too much attention to him. I don't know. I'm not sure where he'll go, honestly. But um, I would assume that someone will take a chance on him as well. Maybe in a, probably, I've seen some mock drafts where he was in the first round. I don't see him being a first round QB. But like I said, the need for QBs is so high that he could go. But if I'm looking at a draft board, not based off QB need, just based off total talent and need in general, I think that Jacob Eason is more of a second-round quarterback than um, than a first. I think I think it's divided the quarterbacks into it's Tua and Joe, and then we got Herbert with Love, and then I think it's Eason in a little bit of a class of his own, and then I think it goes to like Hertz and Fromm. And then Kelly Bryant, and then so on. So yeah, day two of the NFL Combine was uh, it was an interesting one. Offensive linemen and running backs. We'll start with the O line. Uh, wow, Makai Becton. Let's just say that six foot seven, two hundred sixty four pounds, running five one flat. That is that's just ridiculous ridiculous um he should i mean with a guy like that i think he should be the first off the board first tackle off the board ridiculous athleticism for a guy that big and ridiculous speed i'm a big guy and i can't even imagine a guy six foot seven three uh three sixty four running down coming to block me so you can imagine for these bbs uh, another d- good day, Tristan Wirfs, man, he blew it out, 4.86, his combine, uh, his 40 time, ridiculous, um, some people, some, some scouts are saying he could potentially be an all-pro guard, and I mean, whether he's a guard or he's a tackle, this guy blew it up at the combine, and I think he'll be a top 15 pick. Uh, Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills Jr., they had great combines as well. Um, These guys too, like, when you look at needs for teams, it's quarterback, you need left tackle, you need edge rusher, and you need corner. Those are the premier positions you need. So, some some of these other positions, maybe like wide receiver and, uh, like, Running back, they might get pushed back for these offensive tackles. So, I think Andrew Thomas and Jedrick Wills will also probably be gone by the top 15, which is crazy, crazy. And I'm not saying, no, this is no knock on uh, the other position groups. I'm just saying when you need so much left tackles to protect your quarterback's blindside, they're such a high demand. So, that's why I think they'll be pushed up the board. As er- they can go as early as top 10. At least two of them. At least two of them. My personal favorite, I like, I really like, um, 
Andrew Thomas personally. I think I don't know. I think he just has everything to every all the tools to be a day one starter. To me, he's just a no risk prospect. I just I, that's my favorite tackle in the draft. I'm not saying he's the best. I'm saying that's the one I like the most. Um, but I think Makai Becton. I think he'll go four to the Giants just because of their DNA. They like to draft big. Well, Dave Gettleman. He likes to draft big, huge offensive linemen. So that that fits the mold. Uh, if we're going to talk about the interior linemen, I mean, they weren't as deep as I thought. Uh, unfortunately, Lloyd Cushenberry, the center from uh, LSU, he got injured, so we didn't see a full day from him. But some some other guys like uh, like Nick Harris out of Washington and Matt Hennessy, yeah, Hennessy, uh, they had excellent days. They they were fluid in their movements. They looked really good. I don't think they'll be first rounders, definitely not. But the later in the draft, I think if you take one of these guys. You, that's a safe pick for the second, third round. Especially Nick Harris. He really stood out to me. He was uh, very fluid movements. And he looked very crisp in in his, his footwork. And uh, technically sound. Overall, he just had a great day. And I think his stock... Uh, I think he made his stock rise as well. Uh, a few offensive tackles I forgot to mention. Oh, not a few. One, actually. There, oh, there's Jonathan Jones. I believe his name was. Him too, he can go as early as 20. Uh, then we got Austin Jackson. Great story with him. He, uh, His sister was sick and uh, he needed to help her. So that's what he did. He, uh, Just a great story. And just a great move for him to uh, help his sister who was in need of help. Uh, in terms of him, the prospect, well, he... Uh, he can go he, potentially first round. Like I said, tackles are such a high demand as well that he can slip into the late first, you know, 30, 31, 32. You never know. Maybe I think he'll be an early day two pick, maybe in the, the late 30 range, 38, 39-ish. But him too, he's uh, these offensive tackles, man, they are deep, deep, and deep, man. Uh, let's move on to the backs. Uh, so obviously no J.K. Dobbins. He sat out the the combine, so that was unfortunate. I wanted to see what he had. Although I, we already know that he, he's a solid, solid running back. Uh, so we got DeAndre Swift. He just looked fluid all day. He uh, ran a good 4 I believe. Uh, he, yeah, he just looked fluid. He caught the ball well out of the backfield. He ran some crisp routes. Good 40 time. Good feet. Very good feet. And I think he's a day one starter in the in the league. I don't I don't think there's anything too bad about that. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, a bit slower. You know, he's not your he's not your six foot one running back, but it, he he reminds me a lot of uh, Maurice Jones-Drew. From back in the day, for people who know him, four six one, not the obviously four six one is fast, but not fastest that you would like. But overall, he had a great day. Also, he looked fluid, caught the ball well, good feet. Him too, I believe. Well, he could be a day one starter for certain teams. Um, Jonathan Taylor, wow, he he lit up the combine. 
I've been watching this guy for a while now, out of college. Uh, this guy ran a four four one at two hundred twenty six pounds. He, uh, this guy flew, man. And a lot of people were questioning his uh, his pass catching ability out of the backfield. And uh, I think he was, like, I don't think he had a drop from what I remember. So I think his stock just rose. Very, very. Uh, I was very surprised to see how well he did at the combine. And I would like the Bucks to take him. Uh, that yeah, he's he's one of my favorite backs actually in this class. Uh, two guys, well, two guys that stock rose. Cam Akers, wow, from Florida State. This guy, this guy balled at the combine. Four four seven. Uh, this guy had some quick feet. Change of direction, movement, skills, catching the ball. He just, he looked very fluid and fast. And overall, what you're looking for in a running back. As well as uh, A.J. Dillon. He had a great day as well. Uh, my favorite back, though. I'm going I'm to say my favorite back is DeAndre Swift. Like the best back, I think. I think he'll be the first back off the board. He looked, uh, he was on fire, this guy, man. And his college tape doesn't lie either. I think uh, the running back class is deep, too. Not as deep as a few other positions, but it is a nice class with uh, some really good high-end talent. And it's crazy. If you look like like Cam Akers, can, that, that can be a steal for a team. So, yeah. Uh, so that's the running backs. That's day two. Also, they had the specialists. I'm not going to talk too much about that, but... Uh, Matt Turk, a punter, had 25 reps on the bench press, which is, wow, that's that's wild. So, you know, punters punters are people too. Shout out to Pat McAfee. Uh, and, yeah, punters actually get picked late round, sixth, seventh round, sometimes even the fifth. So you never know. And I just want to give a shout out to J.J. Molson from Montreal, who's actually, you know, he's from my city. And he got invited to the combine, so that's great for him. He's a kicker out of uh, UCLA, so that's great for him. Uh, we're going to go to day three. Again, how much time we got here? Okay, we're doing pretty good. Uh, day three, defensive line and linebackers, linebackers. So obviously, for we'll start with the D tackles. We had no Javon Kinlaw, but we did see Mr. Derek Brown. Boy, this guy's a monster, man. He reminds me a lot of Halodi Nata. Like, just based off the the size and the speed and the build. and He just looked, he looked great. Is he a top five pick? I don't know. Like I said, it all depends on everything getting pushed down or up the board. If Detroit, to me, if Detroit, if Detroit stays there, this could be a this could be potentially one of their picks between him and someone else. They uh well Snacks Harrison he left he's retiring, so they uh, they got a void in the middle of their run defense. So draft this guy, plug him right in. That'd be a good pick for the uh, for the Lions. But yeah, overall during the combine, this guy was a uh, he was a monster. Uh, he didn't shy away from the competition. He looked very good, fluid, fast. Well, not not fast, but fast enough for a guy his size. Uh, yeah, he he's easily a top ten, top five player in this draft. 
and I'm not even afraid to admit that. But like you know, this defensive class, uh, defensive tackle class is it's it's deep. You know, you got Ross Blacklock who also had a a good day. You got uh, Marlon Davidson, his teammates of um, Derek Brown. He could play. Maybe he'll play edge. Maybe he'll be a uh, interior D uh, D end. Or I think um, Derek Brown could play nose. But it'll be interesting to see who picks Marlon Davidson and see how they'll use him and what what type of scheme he'll go into. I don't think he's an edge, like uh, an outside 3-4 outside linebacker, but you never know how teams want to use him. Then we got another Canadian boy, well, by way of uh, Ottawa, Neville Gallimore. Man, this guy, this guy flew 4-8-5. This guy had a great day. You know, I like I would love to see this guy in the first round. I don't think he will be, but it would be a great great thing for uh for Canadian football to see someone from, you know, around the same area getting picked that high up in the draft. It'd be awesome. Uh, in terms of like his combine, he guy was a beast, man. This guy, uh, fluid movements, like I said, with others. He, uh, quick feet, changed the direction. He was able to bend, get low on the bags. He was explosive. I like, I like this guy a lot. Uh, someone who I think the rose their stock the most, Justin Matabuike. I hope I said that right. Matabuike, yeah. Ran a 4.83. Uh, this guy, I think he, I think he helped his, uh, his stock rise a bit and, uh, yeah, he, great day also. He was able to move well in space, didn't look too jittery and overall he just rose the stock as well. Uh, and then we want to look at defensive ends or edge rushers. Obviously we didn't see probably the best player in the draft and Chase Young. We didn't see him, unfortunately. But I mean, there's there's nothing left for him to prove at the combine, even at his pro day. Uh, there's really not much for him to prove. Maybe he runs a forty, but this guy is this guy's a tank. He's a he's a generational talent, generational edge rusher. So you're obviously not missing picking him first, second, third, wherever he goes. This is a no no risk prospect. Uh, from what we did see, we had AJ Epinesa and uh, Yeter Gross Matos. Overall, they they had solid days, but I was a bit disappointed. I I thought like I was looking for more from them too. Uh, we didn't see uh, Gross Matos run the forty, but. Uh, AJ Panessa, he ran a 5-1-0, which is the same as Makai Becton. So when you put that into perspective, it's like, it's a little interesting when you look at it that way. Um, overall, I think they're good. They're both good prospects. Was I disappointed a bit? Yeah, I would have liked to see a bit more at the Combine, but it is what it is. Scout, I'm not a scout, so... We'll have to see what the scouts think and where they land. Ultimately, I think I think the safer pick 
would be Epinesa. But I think Gross Matos has the most room to improve and get better. So I think that if the longevity of it, I think Gross Matos can be better than Epinesa. But that's that's foreshadowing, so I can't really we can't really predict that. I think both of them more and more likely Epinesa. I think Epinesa will be in the mid mid teens to late twenty uh, to early twenties. Gross Matos maybe a bit below. Uh, they they both had a good day, average day I guess. Uh, someone who rose their stock was Bradley Anai. Uh, this guy he had a. There were some questions coming in about about his athleticism, and I think he showed it that he was pretty athletic. He could move, he could bend, and do all the stuff you need for a defensive edge rusher. I think uh, I think he could be a day two pick. Late second, early third, maybe late third. Depends what teams think of him. Uh, the Florida boys, two Florida boys had great days, I feel. Jabari Zuniga and Jonathan Greenyard. Or Greenyard, Greenyard, I'm not sure how you say it. But those two, I think they had great days and they uh, they helped their case during the, the combine. Zuniga ran a 4.66, so... Can't complain what edge rushers are running four six. That's that's lightning quick. I think uh, Florida had some sneaky good athletes uh, in this combine. Like I was watching, man, like, oh, who was that guy? Oh, he's from Florida. I was like, oh okay, yeah, the Florida boys showed out. Gators, huh? Yeah. Overall, the the defensive end class it's uh it's Chase Young, it's Epinesa and Gross Matos, and to me it's kind of like. Then there's like a like a a mix of everybody else. It's like take your pick after that. Now you're now you're comparing small things. There's no risk with taking Chase Young, Gross Matos, and Epinesa. I think will be some great NFL players. And Bradley and I, Zuniga, Jonathan Greenard. I think these guys will be some good players. Maybe not starters. Some good rotational players. Hopefully to become starters. That's your dream, obviously. But I don't think they'll have the same impact as the first three. Uh, moving on, the final day as we, we start to wrap up this uh, this first episode. Final day, we got day four. We got the cornerbacks and the safeties. Uh, obviously, Jeffrey Okuda. Uh, this guy is in a class of his own. Uh, to me, he's a, he's a lockdown. Day one corner, you put him on an island, maybe not an island, but you put him out there and he's your day one corner, like your starting corner to build around, which is hard to find in drafts. You know, you want to draft, you you always have hopes of drafting a corner that he could lock up any receiver, but that's definitely not the case. But I feel with Okuda, this is it's just a flawless prospect. Yeah, maybe he would have wanted to run his 40 slightly bit faster. But overall, he he got injured, actually. He hurt his neck, so we didn't see a full day of him. But from what we did see, he could turn the hips, open, close on the ball. His closing speed, when you watch uh, his tape, it's ridiculous. Uh, I think this guy's a top 10 pick easily. Um... 
that leads us to the question of who is the next corner off the board. Is it C.J. Henderson? Is it Jalen Johnson? Is it Christian Fulton? Trevon Diggs? Damon Arnett? A.J. Terrell? It's hard to say. But based off what I've seen from the combine and what I've some of the tape that I've watched, I think C.J. Henderson is the next best one. Uh, another Florida boy, as I mentioned. This guy, yo, he looked flawless. This guy was so fluid, fast. He opened his hips well. He he broke on the ball. He just looked like a great athlete, very freakish athleticism. So I think he'll be a pick, right, like not right after Akuda. I think it'll be Akuda, and then there's a big gap between picks for corners, and then I think he'll be the next one. And then I think potentially you can grab Diggs, maybe Fulton, maybe even Terrell. But this the cornerback class is extremely deep. Like you're looking at guys like AJ Terrell and uh, Trevon Diggs and Fulton. These guys are some some very good athletes, some great corners. Diggs obviously related to Stephon Diggs has some great ball skills. These guys can they can drop into the second round because of the higher demands of other positions. So you're getting some potential starter day one starters in the second round which is what you're looking for uh, i think aj terrell had a good combine he had he he got picked on in the the championship in the uh yeah the national championship game by lsu he he had a rough game i'll tell you that but for him to come back bounce back mentally and have a great combine that's good for him and you know he's he's good he's physical I hope he has a great NFL career. Uh, we talk about Javelin K. Gidry, who ran the fastest 40 of all the corners. He ran a 4-2-9. I think he'll be a later pick. He's not really with the same class. He'd probably be, you know, fourth round, potentially fifth and sixth. Um, but, yeah, I just want to mention that he had the fastest 40. And, I mean, with a name like Javelin, and he was a track star, it's kind of funny. Uh, overall, yeah. If you need a cornerback this year, this is you better go get one this year if you need a corner because this class is very deep, very deep. Uh, we move on to the safeties. Obviously, unfortunately, we didn't see no Grand Delpit. Uh, we did see a bit of Xavier McKinney, but he got uh, he got injured. He was cramping, so we didn't see a full day from him, unfortunately. But, you know, without with McKinney not there after his cramping and no Delpit, it gave some other guys a chance to shine. So you look at the Antoine Winfield Jr. This guy, he, he looked great. He had a, he went up and got the ball. He, he had good fluid movements with his hips, his opening looked good. Um... Kyle Duggar from Lenore Rain, which is a I never heard of this school until I I searched up this guy Division Two school. Uh, this guy can be a second round pick. He looked good as well. Um, some guys that I saw that improved their stock: Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois. He had a great day also. I think he helped rise. Uh, some of the, raise some, uh, change some of the questions that people had about his athleticism and maybe his speed. 
overall he had um he had a great day. Uh, then you look at Kevon Wallace. You know that that Clemson uh, secondary they had a they had a rough day against LSU. But hopefully that's not the only tape you're looking at when you're evaluating these guys from Clemson. You don't want to look at just that one that one rough game in the secondary. So he I think he had a good combine as well. Um, then you got Tanner Muse, another uh, Clemson Tiger. This guy flew. Holy smokes, he ran a 4 4 2. Some people are questioning is he a safety or could he play linebacker? So for me, I think you draft him as a safety and you move him into the box. It doesn't hurt to have that position flexibility. So that's. A lot of coaches look for that, you know, they want to have, that's where the game is going, you know, you want to be able to do multiple things and multiple schemes, so if you draft in a guy who could play safety, who could play linebacker, who can cover tight ends in the slot, it just, it only helps save your roster spots, so drafting a guy like that would be good, which leads me to my big guy, Isaiah Simmons, this guy was a beast. And I actually think I actually skipped the linebackers. So I'll, I'll wrap up with the linebackers. Isaiah Simmons, he worked out with the linebackers. He ran a 4-3-9, which is ridiculous for a guy his size. Uh, he was asked, well, what does he play? And he told reporters that he plays defense. He didn't say position. He just said, I play defense. So what is he? Like I mentioned with Muse, position flexibility. Is he a outside linebacker? Is he an inside linebacker? Is he a safety? Is he a corner? I don't think he's a corner, but is he? Could he play corner? Potentially. When you draft guys like this, it's great to have good position flexibility, as I already mentioned. Uh, as we're getting close to wrapping it up, Willie Gay Jr. had a great day. Ran a four four six, super competitive. Hopefully, he can take care of his off-field issues. That way, he can help his stock rise in the draft. Uh, Zach Bond, is he is he a linebacker? Is he an edge rusher? It's hard to tell right now. He ran a salt like a, he ran a, like a good forty. Nothing, nothing to bat an eye about, but he he had a solid forty. Um. So yeah. I think he'll be a second-round pick. Very, very good instinctive player. Unfortunately, Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen both got injured, so we didn't see on-field workouts from them, too. Uh, both of these guys are top top linebackers up there. Um, I got to watch Patrick Queen, obviously, a lot more. Just because I, I watched so much LSU tape this year and games this year that I was really watching him. Uh, Kenneth Murray, solid as well. Uh, good thing to report that nothing, uh, nothing, no major, major injury to their hamstrings, and they should both be should good for their pro days. So, yeah, that's the linebacker group. They're very fast, and uh, so yeah, that that uh, that was it from the combine. Overall, it was a really good combine. I enjoyed watching it. It was uh, good to learn some other people's names, some other people's names, some new guys. 
Um, and overall, it was just a great, great four days. And yeah, like me, I'm a nerd for this stuff. So I watched the whole thing start to finish. And I just made some notes. Um, so yeah, that, that's it. Uh, that's my first episode. Hopefully we record more. Uh, follow me on Twitter at uh, TysonJordan underscore. Same thing on Instagram. And uh, yeah, that's it. So thanks for listening. I hope you guys have a great day. And uh, I'll see you soon.